0: Hello, and thanks for your company for Tui's News, the podcast. Our 97th edition of the podcast, would you believe. Brought to you by the uh, Newcastle Herald and our major sponsor, West Group. Big thanks to West Group for supporting the podcast. Um, I'm Barry Tui, and as always, I'm here with the high priest of high tech. (laughs) The high priest of high tech, Simon McCarthy. How are you, Simon? Blessings. Blessings be upon you. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> I'll have to put a, we'll have to put a, a podcast out on all your different names at the, <laughs> at the end of this. Oh, uh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, uh, no footy, obviously, last weekend for the Knights. Uh, weekend off, the bye, picked up the two competition points, so they're on a bit of a roll. Um. But they're coming up against uh, the West Tigers at home on Friday, Friday night. So, yes, a must-win game for the Knights, this one. Um, All sorts of hell will break loose if they don't beat the Tigers at home. Um, But obviously, um, no team's easy, so Newcastle's going to have to perform. So we'll just have to hope and and, uh, wait and hope basically, that uh, they can get that one out of the road. And then they've got another home game, I think, against Melbourne the following week. So some big games coming up for the Knights. If they want to make the semis, they've got to win just about all of them. So they want to stay, try and stay on the roll from, uh, from the big win over the Bulldogs um, nearly a fortnight ago. Obviously, Origin Week. Um, what else is happening throughout the game? Um, the RLPA, big dramas between the NRL and the RLPA, um, over the, um, the agreement, the, uh, agreement that hasn't been signed or hasn't been agreed on, uh, the CBA. So there's, um, all sorts of problems there. They've sort of, um, I guess the players are boycotting the media around match days. So there's a fair bit of drama in the game at the moment. While we're, uh, in the last week, uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, the Knights back rower, um, we said a few weeks ago in the column, actually, that he was uh, likely to go to Warrington. or well, that's where he's going to Warrington in England from next season. So he's been here for a long while, Fitzy. Um, won't seem the same without him. But uh, you know, players come and go, obviously, and he's had a really good year. Hopefully uh, he can finish it off on a strong note. Uh, the club's already knocked back Warrington's bid to try and get him over there straight away. So he'll finish the season at the Knights. He'll join the English Super League next season. Okay, well, well on the show, obviously, we've got the mailbag, uh, as usual. Um, plenty of questions on the mailbag. But our special guest, um, all the way from England, Sean Kenny Dow. he'll be with us after this. Uh, we're recording this. Here he is. Renault. Hey, Phil. Hey,
1: guys. Are we on? Are we recording?
0: You ready for us, are you? Hey, mate,
1: if you're
0: ready, we can call me back. Uh, we are sort of recording, but I'm, I've got a little intro to read first before... Uh...
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And our guests this week, Knights Prop, Daniel Safiti, Nathan Ross, Jared Mullen, Anthony Seabold, Jaden Braley. It's a great privilege to have uh, Tim Zhu, Mark Hughes. Hello, Hughesy. Mitchell Pierce, the greatest knight of all time. Paul Harrigan, good morning. Kurt Gidley, welcome to the podcast, kids. The one and only, Kirk Reynoldson. Hello, Renner. Mate, I've
1: been waiting
0: my whole life for this, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> right, our special guest today. I've got him out of bed, I think, all the way from England. Um... <laughs> Uh, he's, he's currently the, the captain of Hull KR over there in the English Super League. He, he played, uh, what, 277 NRL games, 224 of those with the Sydney Roosters and another 53 at the Knights, and I think he's played about 81 games in, in four seasons over there in England. Sean Kenny Dow, great to catch up with you, Skids.
1: Hey, Baz, thanks for having me, old mate.
0: How are you, buddy? How's life in, in the old dart?
1: Mate, I'm really enjoying it, it's been um, an awesome experience, um, you know, Hull Cow has been a great club for me, and um, yeah, we've been playing some pretty good rugby over here, so um, yeah, it's been really enjoyable so far, thanks mate.
0: Well, you're 35, mate, and you've just announced that this is going to be the your last season, you're going to retire at the end of the season, the, the body's had enough, has it?
1: Uh, I think, mate, I'll probably, mate, I was very tempted to, um, you know, maybe go again, but The body's still holding up pretty well, actually, but I just thought, um, you know, that it's it's imminent and that it might be time to, you know, move into the next phase of my life. So, um, yeah, I've made that decision with with my um, fiancé and myself, and, yeah, yeah, I'm really, really comfortable with that and, um, you know, excited to going into a coaching role here at Hulk AR. So, um, yeah, I'll be staying over in the whole dart. so I'm looking forward to that.
0: Oh, fantastic. So you're not coming home, you're um, going to do a bit of coaching.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm joining. Um, yeah, Willie Peters. He's um, yeah, you know, offering me a job into, into transitioning into coaching side of the game. Which, um, you know, I'm really excited to, to be able to give back to, to the club and, and to the game. So, looking forward to the, to the next phase of that of my life.
0: What sort of a coach will you be, kids?
1: Mate, no. Well, I'm going to be doing the, the youth, so all the academy stuff, and then, um, you know, an assistant to Willie in the, the first team, and then you know, overseeing all the pathways, so i um, yeah, like I said, really, really excited about that.
0: You must enjoy it over there, your fiancé must enjoy it over there, what's, uh, tell us about the, about the experience, because you've been over there for, what, this is your fourth season, so.
1: Yeah, well, I only signed a um, two-year deal, and then I said, you know, that'll be, yeah, we be done, ready to come home, but, you know, I've enjoyed it that much, and, you know, had some good success over here with the club, so. You know, I just kept re- re- doing one one year deals, and then you know, little bit I know that you know we're going to end up staying there. So, um, mate, it's been a great experience. Um, you know, it's a different um, style of game over here that I, I really, you know, think suited my game. I ended up, you know, going back into the centres, which I'm, you know, really, really comfortable with, and enjoying with. And um, you know, mate, we've got a we've got a big semi final in, in a couple of weeks' time to, to get into the Challenge Cup um, Grand Final. So, um, you know, we're really looking forward to that. and yeah, it's against Wigan, isn't it? Is that against,
0: against yeah, Wigan? Against Wigan. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: against Wigan, yeah. So, um, you know, our club hasn't been you know in that position, you know, for a long time. So, um you now over the last couple of years, we've got to this point. So, we, we're looking to take the next step and, you know, hopefully get a showdown at Wembley, which is the, you know, end goal.
0: Well, you you haven't been helped by by injury over there either. Skids, because um, yeah, some of your some of your better players have been been forced out. You've had a great start to the Super League season, and and sort of waned a little bit with with a lot of players out. So it's been difficult.
1: Yeah, it has been a bit difficult the last few weeks. But um, yeah, we're still confident with the boys we've got. But yeah, we've lost a lot of experience. Um, you know, unfortunately, Lachlan, Lachlan Coote, you know, he ended up. Um, medically retiring and, and, you know, midway through the season with concussions and probably our more experienced better halfback and Jordan Abdul, you know, he, he's out for the season as well as, um, as well as Jesse Sue, you know, he was, yep. um, you know, playing really well. He was there at the Knights and, um, you know, he's done his hamstring as well. So, you know, there is a handful of our better players that are out, but it gives, it gives an opportunity to some of the young guys to stand up and, um, you know, we're we're doing as best we can with what we've got out there, and you know we're still confident that we can go there and, and you know play well.
0: I well, mean, let's let's ha- look back. Let's have a look at your career. You, you, as I mentioned, you played 277 NRL games. Uh, so basically, you have played what 358 top grade games um, when you can yes. consider how many Super League games you've played. You played 21 Tests for New Zealand. But I didn't know this until I looked it up, mate. You're actually a Queenslander. You were born in Bri- <laughs> you were born in Brisbane.
1: Yeah, I was born in Brisbane. Um, funny fact, but um, I moved. Both my parents are New Zealand citizens, and they were both brought up in New Zealand. And I, I moved back to New Zealand when I was um, about two years old. So you know, I had my childhood in New Zealand, and you I do classify myself as a, as a Kiwi. But of
0: course, you do. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, you would you
0: you're probably trying to keep that secret that you're actually a Queenslander. Were you? Have you over uh, the years? I
1: think I think my dad would disown me if I you know went and played for Queensland because he's a staunch <laughs> Kiwi. So um, you no, know, that was never never in question. But um, yeah, no, I was uh, yeah. I grew up in New Zealand, so I was always classified. But it was funny. I had to make a a choice when I was you know sixteen, seventeen, I think, and I, I was playing. I was playing for New South Wales, the state of origin, like couldn't raise juniors and they sort of said, yep. You know, this is the point where you've got to choose between Australia and New Zealand and you know it was always going to be, you know, New Zealand for me, so I made that decision from a young age and obviously ended up going to play 21 tests or whatever for New Zealand, so you know that was a, a great milestone for me in my career.
0: So so why was it why was it rugby league and what not rugby union for you? Was it over there?
1: Oh, uh, mate, I I think my old man played league, and so he he was a coach. So I sort of grew up in that environment. But um, you know, rugby unions obviously the the main sport in in New Zealand. But you know, I just love league, so I I was floating between both both two games. But I always knew that my passion and and my heart was always in rugby league. Because every time I played, I I just enjoyed it that little much more. And um, you know, I knew from a young age that that's that's all I wanted to do, and I just immersed myself in, in the game and. You know, fell in love with it from from a young four four year old up until you know still going
0: now at thirty five. So it's been a massive part of my life. It sure has. And and mate, you you, you came through the the junior pathway system at the the Warriors, and yep. it's a it's a remarkable story how you finished up at at the Sydney Roosters. But basically, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But when you got to about fifteen, I think the Warriors basically told you that. Um, well, I, I think I read where you said that they told you that you weren't in the top 100 players in your position so they yeah. they basically said there's no future for you at the club which which is why you um you moved to Sydney with your dad and a couple of your mates
1: Yeah, Mayor was a it was a, a pretty big risk, you know, to take a, at that young age of 15 but you know, looking back it was the best thing that I ever did. Um, they say, you know, through adversity comes your biggest strength and, um, you know, I was really determined to, to give rugby league a, a good crack and, um, you know, I was obviously really disappointed to, you know, get that news from the Warriors because, like I said, that's all I, all I wanted to do and have my sights on. But, you know, I was very fortunate that my old man, you know, he sort of, um you know, he was a sportsman and he, you know, represented New Zealand in the Paralympics so he, he wanted me to, you know, pursue my dreams and, and really go after my career in, in rugby league so he, helped facilitate you know me i I quit school and they just 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 bought a plane ticket and um you know saved up some money to to buy a one-way ticket to sydney and um you know two of my friends both had the same dreams and we're all playing together at a rep team down in um you know hamilton in new zealand and we said you know let's just there's you know one team in new zealand and what 12 in sydney you know let's just make the jump and, and go over there and you know try and be seen by some scouts and um yeah, so we did. We, we flew over to, you know, the shores of Sydney and we ended up in Coogee down in, um, you know, the eastern suburbs there, which was, um you know, a really interesting side at that, that age. It was, a, it was a beautiful place to end up in. And, um, yeah, we just enrolled into the into the, lo- the local team down there, which is, um you know, Clove Valley Crocodiles, which just, you know, happens to come under the roosters' manor. And, um, yeah, that's where, where I got my next break from from moving over there.
0: Well, you, you stayed at Backpackers for...
1: Yeah, we backpackers, We we had a mate. It was it was pretty dicey. We we saved up enough money to, you know, last us a couple months, but um, you know, we had to look for jobs and then obviously find a house at that time, and it was we we're really struggling. So there was a point there it was coming within a week of us, mate, we might have to go home because we were struggling to get a job and a house. And then when that last week, man, things just fell into place. I think we got a job. I think the first the first job we had was at um, you know Hungry Jacks. We were flipping burgers dirt. We just thought bugger it, we're just going to take it just because we need some money coming in. And then um, yeah, we finally got a house that week. So, but it was pretty dicey. we were we we're on the edge of it there. We might have to you know return home if we didn't get a house soon. But made it all fall so into place. And um, yeah, we got a beautiful house not far from Coogee Beach actually. So um, you know, it it's a beautiful place to live.
0: Well, you mentioned your dad, mate. Your dad basically was. Well, I would imagine your dad was your inspiration for everything because your dad lost his leg. You mentioned the Paralympics. He lost his leg when he was about four, I think, in a lawn mowing accident. Um, and yep. he went on to win a gold medal for New Zealand at the Sydney Paralympics in, I think, the, the Javelin. Might have won a, yep.
1: another
0: medal, I think, a minor medal in the shot put in Sydney as well. Um, he was living proof for you of what what can be done if you put your mind to it, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, he was always, um, you know, I watched him train and, you know, obviously he had a bit of adversity growing up with, um, you know, losing his leg, but, you know, through his life, he never made that as as an excuse. And, you know, I watched the mentality that he, you know, applied to himself through his training and, um, you know, throughout his life and he he was never going to use that as an excuse. And he always worked hard and, you know, I think he really instilled those, um, you know, principles and, and values in me when I you know, saw him going about his business and um, you know, it was a great role model to have and um, you know, base my career off and, you know, he was always pushing me in the right direction and, you know, making sure that I was doing the right things to give myself the best chance to succeed. So um, you know, I was very grateful to have a role model in him to um, you know, look up to and and you know, he's still, you know, probably, you know, one of my my and best friends today and, you know, he's been on the journey with me every step of the way. So, you know, yeah, very grateful to him.
0: Fantastic. Well, you you could have ended up at Penrith too, couldn't you? Before the Sydney Roosters, I think you might <laughs> didn't, didn't you agree to join the Panthers before the Roosters came knocking?
1: Yeah, I did. So part of the, um, you know, we were living there at Coogee Beach, and we were, we were playing for Clove Valley and um, you know, we could go and train at the, you know the Roosters' gym. So we were going there like two times a week just training, and then um, you know I was playing really well in the in the um, you know eastern suburbs local comp and. You know, a, a scout came down and watched us and, you know, I, I ended up doing, you know, a tour of the Panthers facilities and, you know, they had me enroll, enrolled at St. St. Greg's, you know, um, secondary school. I was going to go back to school and, and, you know, play rugby at school. Yeah. But, um, you know, and then the Roosters sort of came and said, you know, where's that kid gone that's been, you know, playing to Plo Valley? And they sort of said, oh, well, he's he stopped coming now because he's signed, you know, for the Panthers. And they're like, oh, no way. Like, we wanted him to come down and you know, trial for for the SG Ball team, and um, you know, have a go. You know, can we you know speak to his parents? And so, you know, I got out on compassionate grounds. They offered me, a, um, you know, a bigger contract, which was, um, you know, for two two years. And then, um, yeah, on compassionate grounds, that you know, my family was still living in Coochie and I didn't have to relocate out uh, to Penrith. That I um, you know, ended up staying with the Roosters, and then you know, that was obviously. My, my entry into the club and, you know, an amazing journey that, you know, was to follow from, from there on.
0: Well, I think you played um, junior Kiwis in 2006. You must have been, um, well, it would have been difficult for you not to look at the Warriors and say, well, hang on a second, guys. Someone's made a big mistake over there when you, when you, <laughs> when you were playing for the junior Kiwis at, in, in 2006. And, of course, um, I think you played in a, in a New South Wales Cup grand final in, in the same year. Um, for the for the new Um
1: yeah it was. I think it was awesome I started I started the, the year in the SG ball team which is the under 18s and then um, you know I, slow, like I you know, finished the year obviously in a um, you know New South Wales cup grand final so you know that progression I think it had only been you know 18 months of you know being in Australia that I had you know ended up into the system and then you know next thing I know I'm playing a grand final it was the New South Wales Cup was just, as mate, it was phenomenal. You know, the speed of how, you know, quickly we ended up in that. The Roosters was just, you know, phenomenal. So it was an awesome experience. We played, you know, I was playing for Newtown. We were associated with the time. And then, you know, we had an unfortunate loss to, you know, Parramatta, which was, you know, full of superstars That back then. You look back and, you know, go as a great Parramatta team. But, you know, it was awesome to experience that at that point of, you know, my career.
0: What what are your memories of your NRL debut the following season two thousand and seven the first round you got, I think you got beat by Souths can you remember
1: Yeah, mate. yeah, I can actually. It was um, I had you know I was marking up on on Nigel buganar he was playing at the time and you know, he was um, you know one of my idols growing up obviously watching playing for the Kiwis and you know, it was just an awesome feeling you know I, I you know the next year I went into you know the first grade squad and was training really hard I was training the house down and. You know, I didn't, I didn't think I would say I'm, you know, going to get a, a crack in first grade until you know later on in my my life. But you know, I was fortunate enough to Chris Anderson, you know, gave me gave me my foot in the door on the first round. And um, mate, you wouldn't believe it, I actually had a car accident on the way to the game. Like, <laughs>
0: You're in a hurry to <laughs> get there, you?
1: My, <laughs> yeah, no, I was, was, So you yeah, know, that's one of the memories. But then you know, probably letting in two tries wasn't too good either. They ended up beating us. I think it was 18-6 but. Yeah, probably two tries on my wing, which I was a bit inexperienced. And, you know, I think Nigel Vagina put a clinic on me that day. So, you know, it was a learning experience, but, you know, an awesome, awesome moment for me in my life and career of, you know, taking that risk and, and just showing that, you know, if you dedicate yourself to something and um, you're willing to go after it, you know, you you get the rewards off the back of it. So it was awesome to have my family there and, you know, they came over and they made a lot of sacrifices for me as well. But, you know, for them to share in that moment as well was, um, you know, a special special moment for the family.
0: I would have blamed the car accident, mate, on those two tries you let in too, by the way, if I was you. <laughs>
1: hey? Yeah, that was it. Definitely, yeah, one of the best um, preparation for, for my first great game, but, life <laughs> goes
0: on. 2010, mate. Um, if if I was to look at your career and, and think of a, a season, obviously – the, the Premiership winning season, which we'll talk about too coming up. But 2010, uh, wow, you, that, was, that was a magnificent year for you. And I'll tell you why. You'll obviously remember. But obviously, the, 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 you, well, you made the grand final that year. You got beat by the Dragons. But personally, uh, I think you scored four tries in a game against the Broncos, which is the first time a Roosters player had scored four tries in a game in, what, 30-something, 35 years. Um, you were part of the New Zealand's four nations winning, winning team. Um, I think you were involved in the last minute try that sunk Australia in the, in the final there. You were runner up to Benji Marshall in the golden boot, boot, the world golden boot, um, which is the best player in the world. Basically you were the center of the year and in the team of the year, the world team of the year, uh, that year. Uh, just a fantastic, um, unbelievable season for you, mate. And and there was also, uh, I, and I still remember, I saw a video not long ago of it actually of you, I think it was the preliminary final, I can't remember who it was against, but uh, prelim final, you intercepted a, a pass in the in Golden Point, uh, I think it was the preliminary final, and ran 70 metres to score the, the match-winning try. Yeah, mate, it was um, you
1: know a really phenomenal year. I think uh, we, you know, Brian Smith had just come into the Roosters, and I'd been playing on the wing before that, you know, for my first couple of years, just until I found my feet. in first grade But, man, I think I signed a four-year contract, and um, you know, the club really backed me to you know, be a, uh, uh, you know, part of the framework long-term. And um, you know, he also moved me into the centre position. So, you know, that's where I felt more comfortable. That's where I played all my juniors coming up, and. It was just one of those years, mate, that just, you know, everything slowed. And we had a great bunch of core, you know, guys who were at the start of probably a rebuild where there was a lot of great young players that were coming through the grades. You know, we had Mitch Orbison and Jake Friend and Jared Hargraves, Boyd Cordner. We'd all been there for a couple of years. And we were just starting to, you know, feel comfortable, um, you know, first grade. And then we had Todd Carney coming and he was just on fire that year. and
0: I was he Dallie Emmy, really wasn't it?
1: Up. Yeah, it was this yeah, year. Uh, we had Piercy there as well and we just we were playing a really um exciting brand of footy. You know, Brian Smith encourages, you know, attacking football and um yeah, I don't think anyone thought we were gonna do good. I think we we just crept into the playoffs and then we just had momentum going into, into the back end of the year and obviously ended up making the grand final but it was a uh, may it was an awesome experience to you know, be part of it. We were obviously devastated not to Get the chocolates on the big day, but you know, mate, it was a, it was a really, really exciting um, season. And like you said, there were some great moments throughout
0: that year. Well, what about 2013? Um, obviously, one of the highlights of your career, I guess, winning, winning, a, being a part of a, a grand final-winning team. Um, Trent Robinson's first year as coach, uh, and a pretty memorable grand final um, for you personally because. Um, you fractured your jaw during the game. You broke broke some teeth. I think it was in the first half as well. And you stayed out there. Um, it was against Manly. Twenty six to eighteen win over Manly. Um, what are your memories of that game?
1: Yeah, mate. Well, no, it was like like I said before. There was a core group of guys that came through together. So um, you know we were obviously disappointed in two thousand and ten, but I think you know we all learned a lot of lessons from having gotten there and we are all a bit younger and, and just happy to be there and it's a big week. But, you know, I think we really knuckled down with the guidance of Trent Robinson and some, you know, older experienced guys and Sweet Bill. And, you know, they showed us how to prepare properly and, and take our games to the next level. So, you know, this time around, I think we are a lot better prepared and um, we went about our business throughout the week and throughout the season, you know, a lot more delicately. Um, you know, I think that really showed... and. Um, it was just awesome to, to, you know, get out there and obviously had a bit of adversity through the game. You know, that was a really mental, um, you know, challenge for me, but I wasn't going to let it slip, you know, those opportunities don't come around too often, so I knew that I just had to, um, you know, grit my teeth and, and, you know, get through the pain and um, I wasn't going to miss that opportunity to, to, you know, be part of the team and, and, you know, come away with a good win, which was, um, you know, it was, like you said, probably the pinnacle of my career and you know, something that I think it's ten years this year, so they've got they've got a reunion out there, which I'm, you know, disappointing that I'm going to miss because I'll be over here. But um, you know, you create some great friendships and great memories. Um, you know, going through through that journey and through that process, and it's something that I'll remember for for the rest of my life.
0: Did you know you'd broken your jaw, mate?
1: I knew it was bad because I was sitting <laughs> I was sitting down in the change room. I obviously spat some teeth out, but I didn't know the extent of it. I probably got into halftime. And that's when the pain started sort of kicking in because I was sitting down and
0: cooling down. I think yep.
1: Rubbo looked, yeah, because I was cooling down and sort of the adrenaline was wearing off. And Robo looked at me and he goes, "Mate, are you all right?" Like he saw my my jaw was probably sticking out the side of my face. And um you know, I just said, "Yeah, I'm sweet." And I, I just stood up. I just started talking. You know, I had to get moving again because I, I didn't want to cool down and. He just said, yeah, just do what you got to do. And I was, yeah, I'm sweet. I'm going to carry on. I'm going to keep going and do my job. And, um, you know, I probably didn't play the best, but, you know, I ended up scoring a try in the second half, which, uh, you know, took us in the front. But, um, yeah, it was just, like I said, a memorable moment. And, you know, I look back and I'm, you know, really proud that I was over to overcome that because, you know, a big injury. And, um, you know, I had to get surgery after the game, which sort of ruled me out of the World Cup, which I was really disappointed about. Yeah. But I got to enjoy, you know, the the fruits of our labour and, and the win of the grand final which was um, mate I think we had an awesome couple of months after that we celebrated in style
0: bad, so it was really good <laughs> 2014 I'm not surprised you celebrated by the way 2014 um, another uh, I guess career highlight the second time you beat Australia in the in the Four Nations final um, you had some great great times and, and obviously some great memories with the Kiwis as well, mate.
1: Yeah, mate. Um, I think we went through a period of, you know, it was the first time in 70-something years that we'd bit Australia. So we had the same thing, where We had a, a great core core group of guys that had been together for a few years. And, you know, Steve Kearney, and I got, you know, just you just look back and um, you have to pinch yourself with some of the players that you get to play with. You know, some Kiwi greats. You know, Benji Marshall, he was in, you know, Kieran Foran. And, you know, all these guys that, that you just look up to and um, you know, when you get together it's a special feeling when you, you put on that black and white jersey and you spend um, you know, a, a big block of time together. It's like an extended family when you come together and um, you know, I think we really made the most of of the team that we had and we had some, you know, some great success and some great times on, on tour when, you know, travelling overseas and, and, you know, playing for your country, it doesn't get much better than that, mate, so but you know, have have the success that we did because um you know it's a it's hard to come by. And you know, obviously Australia's got a you know a reputation for being the number one team in the world. But you know, I think we dominated them for you know a good part of you know two or three years. We were the number number one team in the world, and um you know that was a you know a great success for us as as a nation to be able to do that.
0: Did you think that you would play out your career with the Sydney Roosters, mate? Was that was that ever in your mind? Yeah, that- I
1: probably did, yeah. Yeah, I, I never thought I would leave, to, to be honest. Um, you know, I look back and it; it's really unfortunate circumstances that, you know, led to, you know, us parting ways. But, you know, um, uh, in hindsight, mate, it was probably the best thing that ever happened because, you know, it started, um, you know, another journey and I got out of my comfort zone and, you know, had to, had to move away to realise, you know, how good that I had it. So I saw that a you know, large period of time at the club, but um, you know, I'll be forever grateful to the Roosters for you know giving me the opportunity. I learned so much, you know. I developed as a man, as a player, uh, you know, as a leader. And, mate, you know they've been, you know, they still will be a, a massive part of my future going forward as well. i always classify myself as a
0: Rooster. Two thousand and seventeen. That's when you um you you parted ways with the Rooster after a bit of an off field thing um, mid season and and. You'd already been talking to Nathan Brown, the Knights coach at the time, um, because there may not, may or may not have been something there for you at the Roosters down the track. Uh, Brownie was sort of keen to get you here, um, and that's what happened. You, 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 you came to Newcastle, mate. You took the plunge and got out of Sydney, and I think you, debu- you actually debuted against the Roosters for the Knights in, in round 20 of that year. Um, yeah. That was a big That would have been A massive change for you After spending so long At Bondi
1: Yeah Like I said mate It wasn't you know, The best circumstances I was um, You know Probably going for a bit of turmoil In my in my personal life And um, I you know, had some You know Challenging Things happen to me That I had to overcome And you know I wasn't probably Dealing with them the best And you know Got myself into You know Some unfortunate situation But you know Like I said Looking back now Is the best thing that you know, could have happened to me getting out of Sydney and, you know, I was very grateful to Nathan Brown, you know, he backed me and, you know, in that in that chance and in that moment, you know, where I was probably at my lowest point in my life and, you know, gave me an opportunity to, to move up to the Knights and it was like a new, a new beginning for me, you know, to, to settle down, get out of, you know, Sydney's big smoke and, and you know, Newcastle really welcomed me in, in the community and, you know the club. It's a great club. It's a great city. You know, and like I said, I was very grateful to be able to get a new start. And you know, I think that was the you know the probably a journey of me growing up as as an individual and as a player You know, of stepping out of the light. You know, the big smoke of Sydney, and you know, probably settling down on my off field. You know, sort of environment, and you know, turning into a you know a better professional and a better person and a better player. So you know, I'm very grateful, and I really enjoyed my time up up there. Had the night, and um, you know, I did. You know, I get my first game against the Roosters. You, you wouldn't read about it, you wouldn't write about it, right day, But yeah, that was um, you know, a funny feeling going back in there. And um, yeah, you know, I think we played really well. Um, you know, the back end of that year, I think we had the of one, you know, we won three wooden spoons, and I think out of the last you know, 10 games, or we won five games, so it was really nice to go on and you know, make a bit of a difference, and then, you know, see the boys that hadn't won much rugby and come in, it was just awesome to see, you know, the smile on their faces after, you know, winning a few games, so, but yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed my time in Newcastle, and, you know, it's a great club, great, great city up there.
0: You still got your house here?
1: I've still got it, mate, still up in Charlestown, so, yeah. um, you know, there's, we all, we always talk about, you know, coming back, it's such a beautiful place for the world, and it's definitely an option for, so, you know, me and my wife, to. Sort of, you know, up and moving and, and, you know, make Newcastle a home long term. It's definitely um, you know, on
0: our radar. I think the current Knights coach, Adam O'Brien, might have rented your place out for a little while before he bought his own. You <laughs> yeah, probably didn't You yeah. would have <laughs> overcharged him for rent too, I suppose, did you? Yeah, well, I think Phil
1: Gardner was paying it anyway. <laughs> so <you laughs> I inflated it quite, quite
0: significantly, I think. <laughs> <laughs> ah, very good, very good. Well, you, you did mention yeah. that you had some tough times, mate, and, and some, you know your mental health you've had to look after yourself at times over the years haven't you it's not all plain sailing for you blokes at times
1: no it's not made and like i said i'm um, i probably wasn't dealing with the pressures of you know some things in my personal life but you know i look back and it's probably you know the greatest lesson and you know the biggest growth that i've had in my life so i don't regret anything you know i just i go along the journey and, and take the lessons that i need to in, in order to keep moving forward and keep being a better person and uh you know, better professional, and you know, like I said, um, I've learned the most through through those hard times. So you know, I'm very
0: grateful. I guess you, you, and the the job that you're moving into, mate. You talk about um, you know, helping the young young guys. Well, you've been through that experience, so you've got an insight into all that that you can probably help more now. That because of that reason.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think I've got a you know wide range of experiences that you know I've got a lot of knowledge of. You know, some of the issues and, and the pressures that these young kids are going through these days. So you know, I've sorta of stepped into that role of being ca- captain of the club and, you know, learning to, to be, you know, a, a role model and a leader and that's really helped me develop um, you know, different traits and you know, personality traits that I probably was lacking in the past. So like I said, I'm in a really comfortable position and, you know, I'm really looking forward to, you know, giving back to the game and they're helping some of these young kids develop and, and become you know long-term professional pros so you know, i'm really looking forward to it
0: mate you, you played with some great players you mentioned sonny bill before but who's the best player you ever played with
1: hey i loved playing with you know mitchell pierce and mitchell orvis and those two boys you know like i said i've just got a real close bond and connection i think we stood next to each other for a good part of you know Thirteen years, and and then Percy, you know, he sort of mirrored my whole career. Where he, he moved over here, and he followed me up to the nights, and um, you just, just you just see the little things that they do. He's, and how he's stalking you, mate. Is he stalking you? <laughs> <laughs> he might as well well bro. He's Followed me everywhere. <laughs> Can't get rid of him. But you know, he's mate. Yeah, I just love standing next to those two, and we share. It. Like I said, you know, you share those special memories with with some people, and they're just tough buggers, you know you see where they put their head and you know you don't have to even you know say Mitchell Orbison's name and you know you, you know what a great player and a great team man that he is so um, yeah well, I've got so much respect for those two boys
0: what about the Super League mate um, Hull KR tell us about the, the fans over there and, and and how they support you and, and uh, is it different over there to what it is over here yeah, it's I mean, a lot you of you you weren't used to having fans at the Roosters because the Roosters probably didn't have too many fans, <laughs> and that, that sort of changed when you got up here. And I I, I did meant to um, mention too, which I forgot all about, was back in 2013 when you did win that grand final. Obviously, you guys knocked the Knights out in the um, in the prelim final, um, and that was that was Bedzy's obviously last game, and that was that was the day that. Jared Hargraves illegally knocked Bedsy out in the first half just so you blokes make sure you win you remember that game at all? I can remember as clear yeah, as day that and, uh, game.
1: yeah 100% it was um, it was a tough game, they had a, a tough team were, I think they had Big Willie and Joey Lailore and Bedsy and, um, mate yeah it was just one of those unfortunate things that you know Jared unfortunately you know collected him around the top and, um, yeah, probably <laughs> put a premature end to his, um, you know, career, which was something that he'll have to live with, but no no regrets, mate. It was awesome to, you know, get the win and, and go on to bigger things.
0: Yeah, so what What about the crowds in, in Hull, oh, mate? Yeah. What, so,
1: yeah, mate, it's, it's unreal. So, you know, I thought um, I'll just come over here and you, you do, you sort of do go about your business. It's not as, um, you know, obviously football's so big, it's not, you know, rugby league's not a big thing, but... Coming to Hull, it's obviously a rugby league town, so um yeah, they're very passionate fans. And we just had the Hull derby derby on the weekend, and that game's a huge game. You know, it, it separates the city. It's where one side of the town plays the other. And mate, I've never seen anything like. it. I think we only get, you know, uh, an average of about ten thousand people, but it sounds like it sounds like thirty thousand. Sounds like you're up in, um you know, Newcastle because they're that loud and they sing songs and. You know they they really embrace you as a, as a player and um, like I said I've really enjoyed you know coming over to Hull and, and be being welcomed into the club and into the community.
0: Well, you mentioned the derby. I think um, Hull turned it around on you. You, you beat them forty nil, I think, earlier in the season, and and uh, they got you at the at last weekend.
1: Yeah, like I said, we we're um, yeah they played a great game. It was, it was a really close game. Um, we were winning at halftime, but. Yeah, they're, they're just awesome games to be a part of. Like, they're, they're big games, ones that, you know, as a player, you mark on your calendar and you want to be a part of them. It was sold out, you know. I think we were, we sold out the game at our, our home ground. But an unfortunate result, but, you know, it's a great day and, and something, you know, my parents haven't been over yet, but I thought, you know, that it's something that they're going to experience. They're going to come over. And I, I said, you know, that you have to come over and experience it for yourself because it's just an amazing atmosphere. And, you um, yeah, I've really enjoyed running out there at Craven Park and the fans getting behind us every step of the way.
0: So you got the Challenge Cup in a couple of weeks. You're obviously um, still well in contention to make the finals of the Super League competition.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah we I think we're two points out of the um, you know six, so we just I think we're getting a few players back and we've brought a young half back in from the Canberra Raiders, which um, you know, this is going to be his first week in in the team. So. You know, we've got a few troops back and we're, we're confident you know we can put a few wins together I think we're one win out of the six and we're playing leagues which are, uh, this week they're on the same points as us so the winner you know will probably move up into that sixth position so we're um you know this is a big game for us and you know we're hoping we get a few players back and, and some momentum going into the finals but you know our sides are on this big semi-final obviously um yeah we want to make the most and take the next step as a club because like I said we, we got here this point last year and we're in a similar position with injuries and whatnot, but you know, we really want to capitalise on this on this opportunity and, you know, give ourselves the best chance to, to get a spot at Wembley, which is um, you know, very hard to come by.
0: Well I can imagine it'd be a massive thrill for you leading the team out at Wembley if you could get there.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it's something um you know, it's a couple of weeks down the track, but you know, our full focus is, is this week obviously, but may it would be a massive honor to, to lead the club into into a Challenge Cup final and they would even be better to win it. And, you know, that's the goal and that's how we're thinking. And, um, yeah, you know, I've like said we've just got to capitalise on the opportunity. Well,
0: you mentioned Willie Peters, the, the the former Knights assistant coach. He's over there as head coach. He's obviously hit the ground running over there.
1: Yeah, he's awesome, mate. He's such a great guy um, yeah. and a really good coach. You know, he's very meticulous with his preparation. And, you know, I think he's been really good for the club and, and you know, leading us forward. So, um, you know, I'm really built up. A close relationship with him, and I'm I'm very grateful to him for giving me the opportunity to to learn off him. You know, transitioning into coaching next year, but yeah, I'm just really enjoying my time over here with him. And um, you know, like I said, I'll be really happy if we can repay the the faith that he's showing in us, and um, you know, get him a good win um, next week in the semi-final
0: good on you Skids it's been a pleasure to talk to you, you and catch up with you mate and, and know that you're yeah. going really well over there and, and um, going so well that you don't even want to come home um, which is <laughs> which, which is which is great I'm sure you'll get home eventually and hopefully one day you'll come back up to Newcastle and we might have a beer mate at some point i
1: would look forward to it both, mate. it's been great to chat to you and, and um, you know, have a chat again mate so. good on you well best yeah, of luck sure for the rest mate. of the I'll see you out there soon
0: best of luck for the rest of the season
1: all right, cheers, mate. Thanks, Take kids. Care.
0: See you, mate. Bye. See you, Baz. See you, brother. Bye. There he is, Sean Kenny Dow. Great fella. Great fella. And just a incredible career when you think about it. Um, just the fact that he uh, was shunned by the Warriors as a kid and came over with his dad who's got one leg and, and uh, stayed in the backpackers, that amazing story, and then to go on and do what he's done. Uh, yeah, fantastic. And great, great to catch up with him. Uh, he got out of bed for me pretty early to, uh, do the interview, which is fantastic. Okay. Let's get into the Twitter mailbag for the week. Ryan Aldus, when are you leaving Twitter to join the Threads bandwagon? You might have to help me out here, Guru. Ooh, what's, what the hell is this? burning question. <laughs> Someone <laughs> mentioned it the other day. Is something to do? With, is it something to do with Facebook and Instagram, or something? You got to be on them to be yeah, on. Yeah. So screen, um, the king of the Androids, Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. has um, made a new platform called Threads, which is it's Twitter. Shh! Don't tell anyone. Uh, <laughs> so why is it better than? Is it better than Twitter? Or is it more regulated? Oh, I hope look. it's more regulated than Twitter is. I mean, a garbage fire is more regulated yes. than Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Anyway, well, look, to be honest, to answer your question, Ryan, mate, I've got no idea about technology. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook, which probably rules me out of threads. And when I first got onto Twitter, someone had to put me on that. So I'll join Ryan. That probably answers Send me a username. I'll follow you. (laughs) Are you on it? Are you? Not yet. No. No, But, you know, if Ryan's on, I'll join. I'm a joiner. Okay, the Mayor of Scone, Tom Hagen, can you name three nights that you remember the first time you watched them play as a junior and thought, that's a talent? My three would be Robbie Ross, Owen Craigie and Jermaine Ayle. They stand out for me. Now, that's an in- interesting question, Tom. Um, oh, well, off the top of my head, look, I saw Andrew Johns play, um, I don't know whether it was... Harold Mats or S.G. Ball. I would never have thought he was going to be an immortal, but he knew he was going to be something um, just more so about his toughness and and uh, you know the way he defended even back then than anything else. but um yeah, so he's won Rodney Howe. I saw I can remember Rodney Howe as a as a junior thought he was going to be very very good Ashley Gordon back in the um back in the days before the Knights came in. Um, yeah, he was, he was a talent. He was, he was going to be something special. And then I think of, well, Owen Craigie, he was already special by the time he arrived here. I think what he, he played Australian schoolboys three years in a row, Owen Owen Craigie. Uh, Bradman Best is another one. You knew he was already a man almost when he was about 15 or 16. Uh, and the other one who was very raw at the time, but you knew he was going to be something special was, uh, Aku, Aku Uate. Um, there's, there's four or five that I can just rattle off the top of my head, um, Tom, but there's, you know, there'd be a stack of others as well. One, if I sat down and thought about it, uh, Josh Watson, David Armstrong, looking very good with the ball in his hands in New South Wales cup. Any chance you could see him maybe taking up a wing role either back of the season or next? Yeah. David Armstrong, the the fullback from Gundawindi, Windy. um, playing in the New South Wales Cup, got the blonde hair, got the hair dyed, blonde hair, very, very quick. Not very big. I'd I'd, I'd like to see David after, you know, at the, the end of next, or the start of next pre-season or the end of next pre-season, um, after, after um, some more time in the gym just to see where they can take him physically. But, uh, gee, he's got some pace and can score a try. I think he scored two last week, set up another... Certainly a talent um, that the Knights have got coming through. So whether he can be the guy that um, progresses and maybe gets a wing spot next year wouldn't surprise me, to be honest, because he is quick. He's lightning. Uh, Callum McGregor, are the Knights looking at Zach Lomax? Kicks goals and could move Gags to the wing next year when Dom Young leaves. If not Lomax, any idea who will be the replacement? Well, they're not looking at Zach Lomax from the Dragons' Callum, for two reasons, well he's not available for a start, even though there's been some talk about him getting out of the Dragons, I don't think he probably will <coughs> leave the Dragons, but he's also the third highest paid centre in the game, he gets 800000 a season, which um, the Knights can't afford him for a start. Um, the guy they're looking at, Adam Pompey from the Warriors, um, don't know where that's at as far as the current negotiations goes, um, I think the Warriors want to keep him, but They'd obviously have another option or two. They they do want to, they do want to uh, sign somebody uh, in the outside backs uh, before next season. But who that will be, if it's not Adam Pompey, I don't know. Certainly won't be Zach Lomax. So, uh, Tom Binky, with Simi Sasagi being released from 2024 or from his 2024 contract, do you think the club will look to move on any other 2024 contracted players? Uh, possibly, Tom. Um, positions are pretty, well, there's only a couple of positions, presumably if if um, Tyson Frizzell stays, there's only a couple of positions left in the top 30. So that's an option that they may look at. You've got to obviously be able to um, get someone to go elsewhere that's contracted. But uh, at this stage, probably not, but still a possibility that, that could happen. Lot of water under the bridge yet. Nick Pierce, who can the club possibly replace Fitzy with? He runs the hard line and has a good offload, something our current pack lacks. We scored two tries from offloads last week, and I think us fans would like to see more. Yeah, I agree, Nick. I would like to see our forwards offloading more as well. Uh, as far as a replacement for. Lachlan Fitzgibbon goes, well, they've signed Kai Pierce-Paul, the young international back rower from Wigan. Um, he's the guy that will take uh, Fitzy's place next year. Whether he's ready to go from day dot, I'm not sure. He's played, I think, 40 or 50 maybe Super League games for Wigan. He's only young bloke. He's 22, I think. And as far as offloading go, he's <coughs> from the highlights reels and the stuff I've seen from Kai Pierce-Paul, he can offload. So... He might be the man or he will be the man. Uh, Daz Mackay, do you see the Knights ever taking a home game to Vegas in the future with the NRL planning to have some games there next year? Yeah, they're going to kick off the season in Vegas and it's supposedly going to be a thing for the next however many years uh, and they're going to give the opportunity to all the clubs to, um, to play over there at some point in the future, supposedly. Uh, whether the Knights are prepared to take a home game to Vegas, I'm not 100% sure, Daz, because, uh, that's where they make their money, the home game, so they haven't been keen in the past to play home games elsewhere for that reason, but, um, anything's possible down the track, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Nathan, do the Knights need to move on from Phil Gardner? (laughs) Ah, do the Knights need to move on from Phil Gardner? Well, Nathan Phil Gardner is the what well, is the CEO of the Newcastle Knights. But he's also the CEO of West Group, who own the Newcastle Knights. So at this point in time, I would imagine that um, it's up to the West Group to decide that sort of stuff. And and I would imagine that uh, it probably won't be until Phil retires at some point in the in the future. When when that is, he's sort of half indicated that he might be sort of thinking about it at some point. Um, in saying that, he sort of stepped back a little bit, even though he still is the CEO. He stepped back a little bit, given that um, he's brought brought in um, who who's he brought in? I've forgotten who he's brought in. Anyway, he's he's got some people around him now that are um, doing the job and maybe taking the pressure off him a little bit. Um, so whether you know whether Phil Phil's prepared to step aside completely in the future I would, I would think it, would, it will come um, you know down the track at some point but um, when that will be I don't know I don't know at this point uh, Kyle Witten um, when the Knights were offered young Dom Young oh sorry when the Knights offered Dom Young $500,000 to stay but are now struggling to sign anyone for similar money where has that money gone? Or were they looking at moving on some players? Yeah, good question, Kyle. Very good question. Peter Parr, whose name just for some reason escaped me in the last question and just came to me. Um, Yeah, the the head of football. um, Yeah, look, that's true. The Knights did offer uh, Dom Young $500,000 to stay and... And he opted, obviously, still to go to the Sydney Roosters. Um, I'm not sure where that money's gone. It seems to have disappeared out of the salary cap for some reason. Uh, I can't explain it. Um, I'm presuming that they were uh, hoping to keep Dom and then they would have um, worked out how they were going to keep him or how they were going to pay for him later on, which may have meant that they might have had to get rid of some players uh, to do that. I don't know. But uh, I, I know where you're coming from because I've asked the same sort of question. Uh, Adam Brody, Baz, if you had to pick a top 17 of Knights players, past and present, that could beat the greatest 17 of other NRL clubs, who would you pick? Okay, so in other words, you want me to pick my greatest 17 Knights. Um, All right, let's start from the front row. Chief, Paul Harrigan, Danny Badiris, Mark Sargent. Second row, Adam Muir, Steve Simpson, Locke, Ben Kennedy. Um... Halfback, Andrew Johns, 5'8", Matthew Johns. Centres, Matt Gidley, Adam McDougall. Wingers, Tamana Tahu, Haku Uwate. Fullback, <laughs> this is very interesting. I, I, Robbie O. Davis would still be my fullback, um, but I would have Kalen Pong on the bench, I'm talking about 17. Uh, Kalen Pong on the bench, Anthony Butterfield, Tony Butterfield certainly be one bench player. Kurt Gidley would be another bench player. Uh, the fourth bench player uh, would be a front row. Probably, I'm not sure who I'd pick off the top of my head as the, as the, you know, as the next best front row to have played for the Knights. Maybe even David Clemmer, um, but I have to think about that one. But I could rattle off, I rat I can easily rattle off the rest of them. There's a few that miss out that would be outstanding that are outstanding players that probably, you know, would deserve to make the team as well but uh, they would be, they'd ba- that'd basically be my top 17. Uh, ben Payne. Hey Baz, what is, oh, sorry, what in your mind was the key factor contributing to the win over the Bulldogs a fortnight ago? How do we b- uh, bottle that for the rest of the season? Oh, Ben, that's the million dollar question. Um, I think, I think they'll take some confidence out of it, Ben. I think that's, well, they should do uh, the way they played against the Bulldogs, even though the Bulldogs were really poor that day. Uh, Newcastle didn't start very well, but they should take some confidence out of the fact that they ran in 11 tries. Carlin Pong will certainly take some confidence out of his goal kicking. Um, and if they can reproduce that against the Tigers, that sort of a performance, they should win comfortably. And, and uh, who knows? You know, confidence is a massive thing in, in any sport, in anything. Um... It, it it beats a lot of stuff, confidence. If, you, if you've if you got it, if you haven't got it, it's hard to find. But if you've got it, then, um, you know, you're, you're hard to beat. And if Newcastle can, can continue on in a similar vein against the Tigers, then uh, who knows? Who knows where it might take them? That fitness bloke. Hey, Baz, what's your take on the RLPA brouhaha? Are you as confused as most? How many of the Knights players would actually have any idea of what they are standing up for in the current media standoff? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, look, it's been going on for 20 months, the collective bargaining agreement that the they've been trying to nut out a collective bargaining agreement between the NRL and the, the players or the players' union. Uh, and this current action basically is stopped short of you know the players going on strike that'll be the next thing if if they can't sort it out then the next step for the players is probably going to be striking which i don't think will happen here but that is the that is the next step if they can't get the nrl back to the table whether you agree with the um the the situation of of you know Barring players from talking to the media on game day certainly the media has come out very strongly against it for obvious reasons and and look you can make an argument that the players are getting their money out of the media partners that's where the money comes or the bulk of the money comes from um, so it is it is an enormous you know it's an enormous amount of money and and they're the ones that are being affected by the current um, the current deal so I don't know where it's going to end to be honest um, certainly they've got to get back behind the desk and try and thrash it out, even if an independent arbitrator is going to have to do it. I, I don't know where it's going to end at the moment. It doesn't look like ending anytime soon. So, um, yeah, it's it's not great. It's not great for the media. It's not great for the fans. And hopefully they can resolve it um, quick smart. As far as the players go, look, I, I think um, Fitzy's the union rep, Lachlan Fitzgibbon's the union rep for the night, so I'm pretty sure he would have most of the players um, on board with what's going on and why it's going on. And to be fair, <laughs> there's not too many players out there that particularly want to talk to the media if they don't... if they You know, they only talk to them if they have to anyway. Um, some of them are fine, but not everyone, you know, wants to, so they probably don't care too much about the fact that they don't have to do, do as much as media workers, what they normally do. So, But hopefully they can get it sorted. Bailey Walcott, how far into the deal are Adam Pompey and the Knights at the moment? Uh, look, Bailey, I don't know. All I know is that the Knights have told Pompey's management that they are very interested if he's prepared to, or if he leaves the Warriors and wants to come to Australia, then Newcastle are, are very interested in him. Until he makes that decision, which I don't know that he's made, then uh, Newcastle's hands are a little bit tied, but they're obviously waiting and, and, and hoping. Alrighty, that's it for another week. Another one down, the 97th down. Um, 97th episode. It's incredible, isn't it? Yikes. Makes me feel even older. <laughs> 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 okay, um, we're going to be back next week for the 98th. Um, all being well. And hopefully uh, we'll be talking about a, a big win over the West Tigers as well. So, chat then. Bye.